Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rock Squad Podcast, your destination for the latest in rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Nick Chino. I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate. It's Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? Hey, man. How's it going? Hey, everybody. Before we get going this week, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Make sure you like this video. And if you have something to say, by all means, speak your mind in the comments below. We got a great show today. But first, Nick, how are you doing? It's been a, it's been a bit. I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, I had a little bit of, I wouldn't say it was a rock and roll week, but uh, I was actually kind of surprised by, uh, by, by an episode of television that I watched that somehow melded together with my love of music. Uh, have you seen this show on, uh, it's on Disney Plus Star. It's called MODOK. Have you seen MODOK? No. No, I so, Modoc is a, it's a Marvel TV show. It's based on a comic book and Modoc is kind of this floating head. Who's one of the, okay. the big, uh, you know, uh, evil geniuses of the Marvel universe. But the show itself is kind of a, it's like a comedy thing from the robot chicken guys. Uh, okay. So Patton Oswalt does the voice of Modoc. Anyways, he's always trying to take over the world in this latest episode. He's, uh, he's trying to get back together with his wife. So he's trying to think about a time when they were romantic that he can take her back in time to fix a relationship. So he decided to take her back 20 years to a third eye blind concert. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so they go back in time to the third eye blind concert and like third eye blinds, they're playing uh, music, they're playing their songs. And then at the end of the episode, it's kind of like this really emotional montage. And there's this really acoustic version of never let you go that they play. And yeah. the thing is, is that anybody who knows me knows that I'm a massive Third Eye Blind fan. And it's, it, oh, a lot yeah. of people make fun of that, of me for that, because, you know, most people gave up on Third Eye Blind right after the first album. But I've continued to be like their biggest fan in the world. Um, so the fact that I saw this episode of Modoc, which this totally random story about Third Eye Blind, That's I think Sammy Charmed Life was in there, too. It was it was hilarious. So I don't know if anybody else has seen it out there, but as a uh, as a out uh third eye blind fan is a loving third eye blind fan I, I found it hilarious that's awesome i'll have to check it out man i haven't seen it yeah, yeah. We, we've gone to see third eye blind before yeah together we've we've, we've nerded out before i like third eye blind too i think that uh their lead singer is a little bit of a dink but i think that he writes uh good uh good pop songs so i i'm, I'm a fan i'm a fan yeah. they're uh they're up there in my favorite. yeah they're, they're definitely up there for me too i know they wouldn't be for a lot of people and i live I don't know how great they are live. Yeah, Stephen Jenkins, a little bit iffy on the vocals live, uh, but I do love them as a band. And it was fun to uh, to see that episode of uh, of Modoc. You know, you're watching a Marvel show and then all of a sudden one of your favorite bands is in there randomly. So yeah. uh, kudos to whoever wrote that episode of Modoc. Um, like but, 25 years after their success. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not like... They're 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 not Lady Gaga right now, you know. I know. Well, their their latest album, Screamer, is actually really good. You know, I I do think they are still a good band. So uh, <laughs> yeah, they're worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, they got they got lots of great records. Man. Yeah, I'm for sure. Uh, speaking of great records, this week, uh, Dave, I don't know if you saw it. It was the um, the uh, the anniversary of the release of Blink 182's Enema of the State, uh, which uh, for me was the album that got me into Blink 182. We were both sure. in high school. Uh, not to show our age, but we were both in high school when that record uh, that record came out. And I think back to like when What's My Age Again and all the small things came out. Those sure. songs were such huge radio hits. Um, I saw Blink-182 on that tour uh, with Silverchair at the Maple, at Maple Leaf Gardens right. in November of 1999. So I have a lot of fond memories of, uh, of that record. How about you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like when that record came out, it was like, you know, Green Day kind of set the tone for pop punk a few years before that. And then they just kind of like completely rolled over everything with that record, you know, like their, their first record was really good. And then the second one was great too. 
and you know having Travis on that record that changed a uh, lot. You know, it just it the whole vibe of the band kind of changed a little bit. You know, so yeah, man, it was a huge when like that was that started a lot of different styles of rock. You know, like mm-hmm. or, or punk. You know, whatever you want to call it, it's all rock to me. But yeah, uh, you know, like it started the pop punk. It started the emo thing. It started the the acoustic songwriter thing. Like there was a lot of lot of sub branches that came off of uh them you know in that era for sure yeah big big influence on that, that record yeah for sure i enjoy uh blinks like current lineup with uh with matt skiba on the vocals but i do miss tom there was something about that uh that combination of the three of them that was uh that was amazing sure i think like yeah they had like a silliness between them that they, you know we talk about it all the time too like our some of our favorite videos are bands that don't take themselves seriously in right. their videos. They're a prime example yeah. of uh, just like, you know, being okay with being silly and being laughed at mm-hmm. because, you know, you believe that what you're doing rocks harder than the, the joke that you're cracking, you know, like right. the Foo Fighters do it all the time too. Yeah. You know, lots of bands do. Queens of the Stone yeah. Age have some weird videos. Like everybody does it, but it's, yeah. you know, the ones that do it really well and they definitely took it to, you know, like thinking of those, the video where they're running naked, then the yeah. Flash Park, like all sorts of, all sorts of great fun with that uh, generation of uh, Blink-182 for sure. Yeah, all the small things with the boy band uh, parody uh, and What's uh, My Age yeah. again with them running around naked. That song, I love that album, but for some reason there's something about that song that still really holds up for me. Um, the songwriting on What's My on what, What's My Age again, the the way that the verses go into the, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but the way that song kind of how it goes, the way the, way the chorus is, um, I still think that's a great rock single. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, with punk rock, like they didn't write the book, but they didn't, they definitely penned some chapters, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, good way to put like it. you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. nothing they did, nothing that Blink was doing wasn't already being done by, you know, dozens of bands in Orange County already or San Diego or wherever right. they're from, you know, but like they definitely, you know, there's definitely influence from like different shit. That's not necessarily an influence on like, I don't know like a no effects or one of the, one of the band, you know, or even a gold yeah. finger, you know, like yeah. a lot less spa influence, a lot more pop, like just straight up pop, which is, which was never done really before that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it was nice to see them really boost that up to the mainstream and uh, take the flag from green day who had kind of started doing that like a couple of years prior. Right. Right. Totally. Well, happy 20th, not 20th, more than 20. Uh, happy anniversary to uh, blink 182's enema of the state. Uh, still a classic album in 2021. Um, so let's get to the rest of the show. We'll give you a rundown on how we do things here on the Rock Squad podcast. We'll get to our headliner topic, which is our main big topic of this week's show. We're talking about Smashing Pumpkins and the 30th anniversary of the Gish record uh, and a live release they're going to be putting out. Uh, but first, let's get to our opening act topics of this week's Rock Squad podcast. Uh, we have a couple of different topics that we want to run through quickly uh, and uh, get Dave's thoughts and get, get our audience's thoughts as well. And the first is that um, Weezer's hash pipe was almost an Ozzy Osbourne song. Uh, I saw this on NME.com that Rivers Cuomo's revealed uh, in Guitar World that Weezer's giant hit hash pipe from the Green Album, we've talked about that recently on the uh, on the podcast, was originally offered to, to Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne, but Ozzy turned it down. Uh, and then, of course, became the first single of, uh, of the band's comeback in, in uh, 2001. So I, I found this actually kind of... Uh, kind of neat because like you know you think about hash pipe and you listen to the song yeah it's definitely weezer maybe a little bit darker than most weezer songs but i can definitely hear ozzy singing this song especially on the the falsetto verses sure 
Ozzy could have done that. I think he could kill those uh, those those vocals on that song. And there is a song on the new um, Weezer record, Pacific or not Pacific Daydream, Van Weezer. Um, that's that's called Blue Dream. That essentially just rips the Crazy Train riff right out of that song and puts it into this song. So I could definitely see how the sounds of Rivers and Weezer could mesh with sure. with Ozzy. What do you think, Dave? Oh yeah, for sure. I just as soon as I read that, I was like, yeah, that kind of fits the mold, and it. You know, you know, people, you know, people don't realize that, you know, Ozzy doesn't write a lot of his own songs, too, right? right? So it's like, it totally fits that, like, you know, that would be something that, you know, some A&R guy would be like, you know, who'd be great with that? Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy, you know? yeah. And how are you, you going to say no to that, you know? But that opens up a whole, like, you know, there's something we don't talk about a lot, too, with music is um, having ghost writers and having ghost producers and shit. And like, um, I know myself, like I, like we've, we've done a lot of work with like licensing and stuff and, and writing songs and we're looking to do more work like that, but there, you never know who's getting asked to write songs for popular artists. Right. And it always, it always blows my mind. Like I had an opportunity a few years ago to write songs for Buster Rhymes and <laughs> that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fit my mold at all, but I was like, I'm going to give it a fucking shot because like, you know, you know what a Buster loves my hit. So, uh. You know, sometimes those opportunities uh, come up. I would definitely be stoked if I could write a song and pitch it to uh, Ozzy Osbourne. So I yeah. definitely understand why uh, Rivers was eager to jump at that opportunity. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if you remember the song. It was done probably the 2000s. Do you remember that song by Cold, Stupid Girl? Yeah, Stupid, Stupid Girl. Girl yeah. That was written by, co-written by Rivers. That was a really great song. Um, yeah. He did a he did a song on the the last monkeys records good times in 2006. Yeah, he did that was a, a great. She makes me laugh, which yeah. was uh, which was great as well. So Rivers is a songwriter songwriter. You know, when I think of Rivers, he is very much a creative force. Um, okay. Recently, he released all these different demos and different um, in progress stuff that he did over the years on his website, and you can see all the different incarnations of these songs that he's doing, and you can sure. probably see the. The kind of the seed of where these ideas are going. So maybe when he wrote Hashpipe, he thought, hey, this would be great for Ozzy. Let's pitch it to him. And when Ozzy turned it down, he decided just to, to keep it for, its, for himself. Well, it's, you know, and it also kind of shows you that a good song is a good song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he believed in the song and he was like, you know, I'll pitch this because it's cool. Yeah. And, uh, and it, when it didn't fly, he was like, I'm going to just put this out because it's cool. You know? Yeah. So that's, uh, that says a lot about the songwriting too. Like if you can get a song like we know, that when you when you get a song that really clicks and you're yeah. like mm -hmm, maybe something's there you know like mm -hmm. so yeah it's awesome though man i i like hearing uh, i can't remember i just heard another rivers uh uh thing but i can't remember who the collab was with i was just talking about it the other day i'll fill you i'll fill you in on the end of the uh, the, another gun was he did a song uh, magic with bob do you remember that one i've got the yeah, magic yeah, yeah. Me. that was a good one too yeah he's just a great songwriter and it's fun to see him try out different things i'm kind of sad that we didn't see this ozzy osbourne thing happen but we did get the song uh nevertheless we still got hash pipe and something. you know what it is i think he just did a he did a collab with a wall nation oh cool nice uh, not too long ago and I, yeah i'm pretty sure there's a there's a rivers something about summertime something about yeah but i'm pretty sure it's an awol nation song i could be wrong nice. if i'm wrong we'll, we'll do a correction in the, uh, <laughs> i'll put it in the corner thing. being like correct I'm sure somebody will say something yeah of course so they always will let you know if you're saying something incorrect so wow. <laughs> uh for sure so yeah that's cool uh weezer's hashpipe was almost an ozzy osbourne song let us know what you thought of that uh, that topic in the comments let's get to our next opening act topic and that is a punk show promoters hoping to charge $1,000 for the unvaccinated at an upcoming show. 
Um, this comes from uh, Consequence of Sound that a promoter in Florida is uh, ensuring his punk shows will be COVID-19 free by charging $18 a ticket for the vaccinated and a cool $1,000 a grand for those who aren't vaccinated for a punk show that he's putting on uh, at the end of the month uh, here in June. Uh, he, he wants to do this, but the Florida governor and their, and their uh, governor's office isn't having it and says it's against the law. So, <laughs> Dave, do you think this is a good idea that he's keeping everybody safe or do you think this is a little bit over the top? Well, I think this is obviously a little bit over the top and I think he's trying to make a statement that everyone should go get vaxxed. Right. But uh, I, I'm totally, like, as a promoter and somebody who puts on shows, like, I'm totally not against uh you know if, if he has to pay for a test to make sure everybody else is safe yeah then you know i'm sure it's not a thousand dollars but you know have that as a like an extra fee on the ticket i think is completely fair if you don't want to you know if you don't want to play baseball you don't get to wear cleats on the street you know that's the way it goes <laughs> good comparison <laughs> i don't know i don't know man like if you, you want to play football you gotta wear your mouth guard yeah you got I don't know. Like, I think it's like one of those, like, I think obviously he's going to catch some heat because uh, a lot, every, everyone's taking, you know, this is like the new politics or religion, right? Like yeah. COVID, COVID and vaccine stuff is like the new, you know, you don't want to talk with your family at Thanksgiving about it or any time. <laughs> so I don't know. I think obviously a thousand bucks seems a little excessive, but uh, I definitely think that um, there needs to be something in place, especially trying to keep people safe. And I think that his heart's in the right spot, but I, I think maybe he's uh, pushing it a little bit, but he probably got one hell of a payday for the the show that he did do if he did get away with it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, exactly. Like we need to be encouraging as many people as possible to get vaccinated. And that's the thing. It's whether you kind of believe it or believe it in or not, it's, it's science. So I think you should probably, uh, you know, give it at least some credibility, but like, whether you believe it or not, if you want to get back to regular activities, like going to a show, it's gotta have to, it's going to have to happen because, you know, if you go to a show where there are a lot of people who are vaccinated, you don't want to be that person who's still going to be bringing COVID into that situation. When everybody's starting to get back to normal, everybody wants to go to a show. The next topic we're talking about is a bunch of tours that have just been announced or rescheduled. If you want to get back into it, you got to do it because we all want to go to shows. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want to be safe for everyone. You know, when you think about it, the most rock and roll, the most punk rock thing you can do is be safe. I know maybe old school punks would not really agree with that. Uh, you know, they'd probably probably instead of taking the vaccination, they'd probably like just eat the needle instead. But um, I think that's what you got to do. I think it's punk rock to uh, to get vaccinated. Plus, you don't want to pay a thousand dollars. I've seen the 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 uh, the bill of this show. There's no band on this bill that's worth a thousand dollars. Really, no band ever that's worth a thousand dollars, unless you know John Lennon and George Harrison were coming back from the dead for a Beatles reunion. Then maybe, but. Not for this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our uh, our final opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast, and that is tour announcement madness. You know, uh, as things hopefully get back to normal around the world, Dave, a lot of big bands have been announcing summer tours for 2021. This is not happening here in Canada because we are no near, nowhere near doing this here, but this is, uh, it's happening in the States. Um, and it's kind of cool. So just a, a quick little rundown of, um, of these tours that have been announced this week. The Foo Fighters uh, have changed their 25th anniversary to a 26th anniversary tour, uh, kicking off July 28th in Ohio and hitting U.S. cities and and they're going to Europe as well. Uh, Guns N' Roses are heading out on the road with Wolf Ben Halen's uh, Mammoth WVH uh, for their We're Effing Back tour that's going across nice. the U.S. Um, Slipknot announced the Knot Fest Roadshow 
with Kill Switch Engage for a tour this fall. And then this one, I think, is probably the most exciting out of all these tour announcements that Max Sabbath, the world's best McDonald's Black Sabbath cover band, are hitting the road in August, starting in San Francisco. So, Dave, uh, we know this isn't going to be the return of live music in Canada, but do you think this is the return of live music in the U.S. and around the world? And which of these tours has you most excited? Oh, Max Sabbath, for sure. <laughs> uh, I actually, I really like Max Sabbath. I think it's That's really cool, good. Yeah. And they, have, they have the full support of Ozzy and the guys <laughs> in Sabbath. So, um, you know, that, it's just fun and stuff. Yeah, I think, I think we're yeah. on our way, man, or I think they're on their way. We're a little bit behind, but, uh, you know, I think that comes down to the situation with our, you know, our healthcare system to the system in the States. Yeah. The States have way more ICU beds than we do. So as the numbers go down, we're, we're not going to be able to jump open just as quick as, you know, Florida who has 2000 ICU beds and yeah. we have 144 or whatever, you know, whatever it is, 100 yeah. or whatever. So like, I think we're, we're on our way. Uh, we have two different healthcare systems up here and down there. And I think the uh, holes in the systems have been shown from this situation. So I'm hoping that uh, this is just a number thing up here. And as soon as uh, everything drops down, that everything goes back to normal. And it looks like, like I'm watching lots of things in the States, lots of sports, lots of uh, uh, wrestling events, lots of things going on right now that they seem to have it under control and they, there doesn't seem to be any spikes. So fingers crossed that this is all in the, on the up and up. And uh, we, you know, we can come out of this on the other side and hopefully Canada won't be far behind and we'll start seeing some stuff come, come to town maybe in the fall or the, uh, you know, late winter of next year. Yeah, for sure. Well, th this week actually reminded me as being kind of the opposite of last year. I don't even remember in March, 2020, there was that week right before everything really locked down for the first time everywhere. But there was that week where every tour and every show and every concert yeah was canceled they were just they just kept kept coming and like for us here in hamilton and ontario we had a bunch of shows that were coming here the foos were coming here rage was going to come here there was a bunch of really great shows that were scheduled during that time during the summer of last year and there was that week that everything got canceled and this week reminded me of you know kind of being the opposite of that where things are now finally being yeah. rescheduled all these bands finally re you know announced that they're going back on the road and it felt good to see things being rescheduled and announced instead of being canceled and postponed. So I was very happy to, uh, you know, see the foods are going to be back on the road, even though they're not coming to Canada, it feels uh, like a step in the right direction. Absolutely, man. Like we're, we're, we're following in their footsteps. It's just a matter of time before all the numbers make sense and uh, it looks safe to everyone to proceed. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I, you know, we, we, our band fools union had the, get or cancel a bunch of stuff yeah um during the first go of it i don't even know was that last summer the summer before i can't last remember summer, yeah but uh <laughs> i like we had stuff we had stuff ready to go and you know we were looking forward to a good summer of shows and um so yeah i really do hope uh we can get start you know get back on stage and start rocking again but uh Time will tell, man. Fingers crossed. Let's stay positive, you know? Yeah. I think I'm looking forward to the Foo Fighters the most. And uh, as you were saying, Max Sabbath, definitely sure. up there. I would like to see Mammoth like, WVH, but not opening for Guns N' Roses. Like, I'd like to see Wolf on his own. I think that'd be a good show. Yeah, I'm stoked to see uh, Mammoth. I think that that's a really great project. And uh, I think he's doing uh, complete justice for 
uh, a brand and a band that kind of shit the bed in the last 20 years for its fans. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that having something to be excited about from that camp, that's not just, you know, old men fighting about stupid shit. You didn't like tattoo. Face. You didn't like that song they put out when the, when Van Halen put out their last studio record tattoo, tattoo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Diamond know. Dave bring, was back. It was great. Bring back the latex or the spandex. Bring back the the latex and the spandex. Yeah, for sure. All right. Those are our opening ad topics on this week's Rock Squad podcast. Let us know what you thought of those topics and what you thought uh, in the comments. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, you can let us know what you thought on our social channels at Rock Squad Pod on Twitter and Instagram. But let's get to this week's headliner topic, and that is the Smashing Pumpkins have uh, celebrated the 30th anniversary of Gish and have announced a live release as well. Uh, Gish uh, was released on May 28th, um, 1991, produced by the great Butch Vig. Uh, the band Billy, and I think it was Jimmy, did a special live stream over the weekend and announced a new archival release that's going to be coming out, a vinyl release um, featuring a 1992 concert in Kawaski. I think that's right, Japan. Uh, it's going to be available on uh, 180 gram purple swirl double vinyl on the band's web store, um, and this uh, first uh, archival release is supposed to be part of a series that the band is going to be doing. Um, personally, like, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins for me are one of my, my favorite bands of all time. I do love Gish because there are some all-time uh, great Smashing Pumpkins songs on there, like I Am One and Shiva and Rhinoceros, uh, Bury right. Me. It goes on and on. But um, aside from the big songs, I've always found that Gish, the, a lot of the songs on that record don't really stick in my head and I was wondering why and it's actually I found out because I was watching a YouTube video with Billy Corrigan and he was talking he went through all the different Gish songs and, and how he wrote them and everything and he said that um, he even he thought that a lot of the songs on Gish maybe not those big those big songs but some of the songs on Gish maybe weren't as memorable or as catchy um, as they should have been and that he he learned to write a lot more after that obviously we got into Siamese Dream and Melancholy and everything like that but when you look back on Gish um, it's still a great sounding record. Butch Vig did, did the production on it. So we know that uh, it sounds great. It still sounds great to this day. And then Billy Corgan saying that <coughs> Gish had an uh, influence on Nevermind, which was also produced by Butch and, and some other records of that, uh, that era. Um, I love it. It's not my favorite Pumpkins record, but I still think it's great. It's a great debut. What's, uh, what's your read on Gish, Dave? Oh, I love, I, I love Gish. You know, they, you know, Rhinoceros is one of my favorite songs. And I think that like, um, yeah, definitely the production that went into that spilt over into the Nevermind sessions for sure. Like that's, yeah. you can't not, you can't not notice that. Like the sonics of all, yeah. Yeah, like the weight of the drums and the bass and the, um, and the huge guitars too, you know, like I, I've heard stories too about uh, tracking guitars with Billy on that and, um, you know, that, like having like four, you know, 40 guitar tracks of yeah. guitars and and uh, I, we all know the story of him tuning the guitar like one cent down, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. so like it's 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 E but minus one, you know, or D yeah. but minus whatever the hell it's gonna be to yeah. just thicken it up even more. And like, um, so yeah, like a lot of thought and a lot of uh, you know production went into that that record. And it, it, yeah, it does. It it is a great sounding record. Um, obviously the other records they put out sound better. I feel like they're definitely one of those bands that, uh, the records and production gets better and better and better and better, yeah. uh, as you go through their catalog. And like, I think you can probably speak to this is that without, as an artist, that's something you're always trying to tackle. Like you're yeah. always like, Oh, I wish it sounded like this. Oh, I would, you know, and you're, 
you bounce things around. I think that's with most arts, you know, that if you're painting or if you're a comedian, like you're always trying to like, ah, that didn't, that didn't land the way we wanted or that we can tighten that up. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's something that, you know, we know we've heard stories of Billy Corgan being kind of a control freak. And uh, I think that's kind of where that comes from. Like, I know, I know we, we could be like that too. If we're, if we're writing songs and things aren't sounding the way you hear them in your head and you're the, uh, you're the ideas person. Mm -hmm. So uh, I love the record. Uh, Not my favorite pumpkins record, but definitely like for, for, a debut major label. Is it a major label release? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Virgin. Um, yeah, yeah. So for for that at the time, fantastic record. Like, and I, I'm yeah. I'm interested. I'm always interested to hear what else is cooking, or like extra little tidbits on those kind of things. So yeah, pretty, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for this uh, this LP too. This uh, archival release of the show in Japan. Um, I probably want. Yeah, it's. I don't know if I'll be. Sp- you know splurging on it to to pick it up but i do think it's cool that they're continuing to go back through the archives uh you know over the last decade or so billy really reached into the pumpkins archives because they have a lot of material that they're just sitting on in a vault so they you know they did go, the, the gish deluxe edition siamese dream deluxe edition melancholy which had like 50 extra songs on it um so there's a lot in the pumpkins vault for them to release and uh the thing is is that they're also still working on new music uh, you know billy uh in the in the band they did seer which came out late last year then they're working on a new record now which is going to be a double record in the vein of machina and melancholy so um i'm still very much on board as a pumpkins fan i know some people jump on and off with the band depending on what they're doing and how they sound but i'm uh, i'm just still into it i still think uh, billy's making great music and digging into the stuff is cool too yeah, man, the, you know, Billy Corgan and, and some of the songs that he has written uh, over the years, uh, you know, they're they're the time, you know, they're the soundtrack of our youth, really, like yeah. from getting into rock, our, yeah. you know, our early teens and onward, Yeah, um, you know, and we've seen them a bunch of times, we've had lots of, lots of pumpkins ex- exposure and uh, anytime you're going to see more, like, I thought, like, um, the, the listeners don't know, but we, you know, because we play in a band, um, we're currently working on some new mixes and stuff. And we just went to Toronto and there's, there was a chance, there was a chance that Billy Corgan could have been where we were going. Yeah, and yeah, we were yeah. both very excited that that could be a, you know, cause it's, yeah. it's a, it's a shared space. Lots of people work in the space we were going and yeah. there was a chance it didn't work out. Yeah. But we, we were excited. So, you know, we're, it's always a thrill. I saw Billy play one. Uh, the first time I saw him play was at uh, the Much Music Awards. I was at a Much Music Awards. Yeah, nice. And, um, you know, and I've seen them probably three or four times since then. And I've had different uh, different feelings of their live performances through the years. Um, but uh, I, I feel like kind of when like Ava Adore came out, they, they kind of like went against like the norm, you know, they were like, yeah. oh, we're not going to, we, we don't play both bullet with butterfly wings like that anymore mm-hmm. we uh we play it like this and uh another weird uh, smashing pumpkins connection is that uh my mom used to one of her clients used to be billy corgan's guitar tech and um the, the whole reason how i got into recording i i use a lot of reason when i record as nick knows and the whole reason i got into that is because billy corgan's guitar tech gave my mom a cd with reason on it and was like, oh, if your son likes Billy Corgan and Trent Reznor are using this, your son should give it a try. Yeah. And I was like 12 years old and I've never stopped 
doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're big fans. We love the Magic Pumpkins. Yeah. I think that this is a great, um, you know, everything they do should be, you know, shown in its full light. And I'm yeah. excited to see what happens because they're they're actually a really good band now. And mm. since all the bullshit stopped and they seem to be getting along, um, yeah. it was fun. I saw them. I saw them a couple summers ago. It was a co-headline bill with them and Noel Gallagher and the High Flying. Uh, birds and it was great so uh, i can't wait for anything that comes from uh, billy and the crew yeah i've only seen the pumpkins once and that was at somersault festival in barry our lady pieces festival in barry in uh, in the year 2000 the year of our lord 2000 and that was on the machina tour an album which i really liked but they came out and they did they went really machina at that show and it was very much a disappointment for a lot of people in the audience who was who were expecting uh, more old school pumpkins and they i think since then they've gotten a little bit more crowd pleasing with their live show but they were very that was yeah. the end they were breaking up in 2000 so i think billy was very hell bent on like presenting this dramatic uh show uh, that wasn't a good festival show. Maybe if you were in a very indulgent, it was a very yeah. indulgent show. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. But you know, like I'm, I'm a big Pumpkins fan. The first gig I ever played before you, we were in the band together. The first gig I ever played, the first song we ever played was Cherub Rock. So that's got to tell you something about how big of a Pumpkins fan uh, I am. One of my favorite all time songs. Yeah. One of the best intros with drums ever, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Do, 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 do. yeah Great. for sure all right yeah we're looking forward to uh to some uh, archival stuff from the pumpkins and happy 30th anniversary to gish that is our headliner topic of this week and that is our uh, rock squad podcast for this week we're going to wrap things up but before we do we got to give our tracks of the week if you want to follow our tracks of the week and head over to spotify we got a spotify playlist where we round up all of our recommendations so that you can rock accordingly um dave do you have any uh, tracks of the week this week uh, yeah, I've been talking about it the last couple of weeks that I've been uh, pretty heavy. Once I once I fall into a band again, mm -hmm. I've been kind of like overplaying it. And uh, a band that I started listening to years and years ago when I was like fourteen or fifteen is OK Go. Nice. And uh, I've been I've been jumping into the OK Go. I've been listening to their first record a lot, a really poppy record. If you don't know um, OK Go, I'm sure you're aware of, or if you do know them, you're you're definitely aware of their indie kind of pop. Uh, presentation but their first record is very much just a pop rock record and uh it's it's very slick very la is that the um, one with get they over it on it yeah they haven't done anything with like that since so i'm recommending two songs from that i'm recommending get over it and i'm uh recommending uh cinnamon lips cool. two great tracks from a really good underrated pop rock record what about you yeah, I love OK Go. Uh, I got a couple of uh, tracks, uh, Smashing Pumpkins being one of them, uh, Rhinoceros, She Knows, She Knows, right. She Knows, and She Knows. Um, <laughs> uh, that's one of my, and then another song that just, a random song that popped up in my Spotify recommendations, which is not really like a big rock song, a little more of a poppy kind of dream pop kind of thing by uh, somebody I've never really heard of, Brother Tiger, but it's a song called Dancer on the Water. It's got lots of really fun 80s kind of synths in it. Not a really a big rock song, but uh, one of the songs I've really enjoyed listening to over the last uh, last of the week. So that's my, my recommendations. Awesome. I'll uh, be sure to check that out. And hey, everyone out there, if you haven't already, be sure to come and follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, Rock Squad Podcast on Spotify or anywhere else you get your uh, podcasts from. We are also in a band called Fools Union, foolsunion.com, Fools Union on Facebook, Fools Union on Instagram, 
Fools Union on, on Spotify and anywhere else you would get your music. Uh, we've actually seen a, a boost in numbers on our on yeah, our what's streams. What's going on with that? So the, the list, the list, the listeners out there are coming to check it out. And from what I hear, I've heard personal that people are digging the band. So that's even that's even better. We're, yes, we we're happy to that. present a conversation of rock and some rock to get you through your long weekends and your long drives. So thank you so much for checking us out. Um, anything else, Nick? I oh, know that's it. Yeah. Foolsunion.com. You can follow me uh, at the walking Nick and uh, yeah. Also keep an eye on the channel. I'll be going to do a rock album review this weekend for the new rise against album called nowhere generation. Uh, Friday is rise against day in the, the city of Chicago. So uh, that's oh, exciting. Yeah. yeah. So keep an eye out for that. We'll do a rock album review for, uh, for rise against, but uh, otherwise we'll see you guys again for another episode of the rock squad podcast. In the meantime, rock on Dave. Rock on Nick. <laughs>